0: We look forward to you taking part in our conversations.
1: Hey, Sandy. Hey, Nat. How's it going? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So I wanted to ask your advice today. So I have a sort of like a job interview. Um, a while back, so the story goes a while back, uh, one of my clients said, oh, you should really post yourself up on Yelp because a lot of people will find you on Yelp. I'm like, okay, what's the harm, right? Like there's no no harm, no foul, whatever. Um, so I posted up my contact info on Yelp and uh this was maybe three years ago, <laughs> two years ago. Oh my god. <laughs> and yesterday or a few days ago, um someone cold called me. Like someone just called me. And I don't usually answer my phone, but um I was actually waiting for a phone call from my accountant, so I'll like, yeah, I'll answer it. Um and so I answered it and she's like, uh hi is this sandy i'm like yes who who may ask is calling and she's like oh I, I work for this company and we're looking to bring on yoga as part of our wellness initiative here and i'm just like whoa that's freaking awesome and that like never happens until it happens you mm-hmm. know yeah that's so, great. so rare yeah 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 so it'll be good i have a meeting with her today and hopefully it goes well um and basically, I just told her, like, look, I just want to see if it's a good fit for me as well as a good fit for you. The location's right in downtown Toronto, which is awesome, uh, for me, cause then I can just walk there. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we'll talk a little bit of like stylistics and everything, um, and sort of what their expectations and what I can bring to the table as well. So my question, my question is, what the hell do I wear? Oh, right.
0: Well, um, when we had Danielle on episode, three, one, two, or three. When did we put it? it was, I remember it was one of the first three that we did anyways. Yeah, definitely. About corporate yoga there um, or yeah. corporate wellness classes in general too. She had good advice about wearing like not a yoga pant. Um,
1: oh, it's like all I have.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if you
1: have a yoga it's pant. It's either like yoga pants or like dirty cut jeans. <laughs> okay. Maybe go black yoga pant. That's what I was thinking cuz then at least those are like a little bit hiding your my grunginess and then I'll just give them like a good, you know, depiller, like I'll I'll run the depiller through it so they look newer and not old and raggedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then
0: for a shirt, just go like don't go tight yoga tank top, go just like a normal t-shirt or something a little bit more loose.
1: I was actually thinking of like a, a proper shirt. I have some from when I used to work in an office still, because I I don't know, I just couldn't get rid of them. They're nice and they're they're more flowy. Oh, like tunics kind of thing, but with like a nice pattern on them.
0: I don't even know what a tunic
1: is. I feel it like- sort of like goes past your butt, okay. so your butt's not on display. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Yeah, right. And then um, maybe like a smudge of makeup, so I don't look sweaty and gross. And I won't I won't ride my bike there. I'll just, I'll just take the TTC. I'll take this public transport. I don't want to be sweaty and gross, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Is it hot there right now? (laughs) Oh, it's so hot today. It's like really humid and really sunny. So my dog, actually, I walked her this morning and she had to lay down and have a break. Oh my God. I want that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's, it's nice here like victoria doesn't get as hot as uh vancouver vancouver's a couple degrees hotter but we're just having kind of a cool period right now which i don't really mind like the last couple years it was like burning forest fires smoke like it was terrible so oh, it's fine um yeah but it's not super summery but i do yeah. just love that humid humid shit <laughs> i'm like a weirdo oh, I nice. I no so, i love it too yeah, I enjoy it
1: the, the tropical yeah it's good
0: so, but it's okay because I can still do like a warmer yoga class and come out and not feel like you're walk- walking into the same temperature air. It's like cooler <laughs> after.
1: So, yeah, okay. Fine. So you think that's okay? Like black leggings? you think? Cause yes. I guess I could, I wonder if I have, should I try like a looser pant? Does that give a different impression? And then what shoes? I can't wear flip flops. Um, do you have, I know you and your sneakers. You're gonna- I love them. They're so comfy. Uh,
0: do you only have those white like whitish ones you have ones that all are
1: i have whitish ones and i have um what are they i have i have toms would that be okay i think
0: toms would be okay
1: okay cool yeah yeah i'll wear my toms okay i'll wear my toms uh black leggings and then just cover it up with like a nicer yeah hair
0: up hair up or down half back what you doing i don't know it's so not hot out. not like a messy bun on the top of your head maybe
1: damn it you know me so well
0: <laughs> i do like a pony you could do a pony like not a super low one not a super high just okay. like a, a middle of the head pony does that make sense
1: middle of the head pony. okay i guess i could do that you'll yeah be f- you'll be
0: fine you'll you, yeah you won't be too sweaty if you're taking the transit there it'll be okay
1: yeah, and I'll just—it's a short walk from transit, I think, so it won't be too bad. Oh uh, anyway, I just hope. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll go okay. Hopefully, it'll go okay. okay. I, I hope so. I did want to,
0: because you mentioned this like briefly yesterday. Um, what are you gonna charge them? Do you think?
1: Well, they're so local, you know. And my other, you're such it's-
0: a wiener.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You can't just call people wieners, Nat. That's not nice. Why the hell are you calling me a wiener? I love
0: you, but you can be you're you're not gonna charge what you're worth. I know it. You're worth Oh. You're worth that's it, so dude. Sweet.
1: It's because you think I'm worth more than I am.
0: No, you're full of shit also. You're also a wiener that's full of shit.
1: I am literally full of shit. Oh my god. Okay. Um <laughs> I was just thinking between 100 and 150. I'll probably just charge him like a 120, 110. Okay, yeah,
0: That's solid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy with that. You think so? That's okay. not a wiener salary. That's great. Nice. Well done.
1: Can't believe you called me a wiener. Well, I thought you're, you were going to. You're a wiener. Prove it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you prove I'm a wiener then, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? You can't.
0: No. But that's Shows good. You. That's good. That's a That's a fair price for the um, The bigger cities like definitely pay more for corporate yoga. If you're charged that in a small town, it might not go down. But yeah, I think that's really solid.
1: Yeah, yeah, they, they I think yeah. Maybe stuff. maybe I'll just stick to one twenty because my schedule is pretty full now, and so it's not not so much an issue of like gaining work, but more of an issue of I guess finding the right kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I gotta. I got. You're right. I have to stop being stop stop undercharging. Stop mm-hmm. charging. Yeah, middle, charge higher. All right, okay. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah,
0: ask Danielle. She'll give you good advice, I'm sure.
1: I know. She's so smart. Yeah. All
0: right, so let's get on to what we're going to talk about. We're going to geek out on anatomy again, similar to last week. Sweet. Super pumped. I wrote a bunch of notes for this one, but don't really need them, but just because my brain gets really excited. So we're talking about, I guess why we want to talk about this today we're talking about the cue tuck your tailbone um yeah and there have been there have been a couple articles over the years that have said why teachers should stop cueing to tuck your tailbone more or less and i i just feel like there are definitely circumstances where that is not the ideal cue and i totally agree with that um But it's, like we said before, a cue is a tool, and you have kind of a a toolkit, a tool belt, whatever you want to call it, and you bring these cues out when they're necessary. Not every cue is needed in every pose. Thank God, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I can try to like breathe maybe. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Stay with your breath. Like connect yeah. to your breath. Yeah. that That's a pretty general one. If you, you have nothing to say and you're just standing there. Yeah. Breathe. Yeah. <laughs> you could maybe
0: like cue grounding or pushing down into the floor in almost every pose as well. If that's your jam. Um, yeah. Pretty that's true. But like for the most part, most poses, especially cause the Ranges of motion that you're doing and the shapes that you're making are so varied. They are mm. for certain shapes and certain bodies.
1: Ooh, drishti is another one that you could potentially mm-hmm. almost always cue, whether your eyes are open or closed, or how focused or how unfocused. Yeah, there's another. That's
0: a good one too. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah.
1: So we've only we only have three that you could cue all the time. Mm-hmm. Everything else has to depend. Yes. And
0: this one is, it's one of them. Um, definitely. So one of these articles came from our, was posted in Yoga International and is this a woman. Yeah, a woman. She's probably a great teacher. She actually had some really good advice about alternative things to Q. And I actually agree with all of that, but I just don't agree with like the total throwing out. It's so much more complex than a Yoda, a Yoda, a yoga article can explain. <laughs> It's great for yeah. clickbait and getting attention yeah. and yeah, she said some good stuff in there, but there's no part of me that's going to throw that cue away forever.
1: No, never. I I almost say it every single class because there's one thing that I do in almost every single class. Cat-cow. Any guesses? Cat-cow? Yeah, cacao. Yeah, that's it. So cacao, I haven't found a way that's as evocative as tuck your tailbone for cat. hmm Tuck your tailbone, tuck your chin, and the rest of the spine follows. Lift your tailbone, lift your your chin, the rest of the spine follows. So it's like one of the fastest and like clearest ways. I don't even have to show it, you know? Just tuck your tailbone, tuck your chin, exhale, done.
0: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) The rest should follow, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's other ways to stay it without saying that, but I don't think that cue is doing anything bad whatsoever. Like that's what's happening.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah it is I want um, to go
0: over briefly because let's just before we get too deep into this where are my friggin' notes there we go Good <laughs> um so what are teachers trying to achieve with this cue for those of us who do still use it
1: um I think that or what that's should hard like yeah, what
0: what should they be what should they be trying to achieve they're like, what are they? Because that's, who knows?
1: <laughs> that's so difficult because, so I, in like a, the example that I gave with cat pose, um, I do it because the rest of the spine follows indiscriminately. Like, it's not like a, I just tuck my tailbone without moving my low back. Like, no, I know that they're connected. And so I've used it to my advantage because I want them to move in a connected way. So I'm just like, all right, tuck your tailbone. The rest of the spine follows. Like, there's... <laughs> it's so hard to tuck your tailbone and not like round your lower back. I don't even think I can physically do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can
1: you do it? Like,
0: Mm, probably not. I'm just like trying to, (laughs) it's like, they're really
1: connected.
0: So your, your tailbone, the sacrum is attached. Like it is the lowest part of your spine technically. Um, and it's attached to your pelvis, which creates the SI joint, right? Yes. And, it's interesting because I went over another article and this other woman was really talking about, again, don't tuck the tailbone. This is what it's doing with respect to your pelvic floor. And she was talking a lot about the actual sacrum, the tailbone itself, moving quite a bit and, um, with respect to the pubic bone. So then I, in my, um, education that I have, and in my experience with bodies, of course they're all varied and there's no like one set number of range of motion for everyone. Um, but my experience is that, the SI joints move very little
1: mm-hmm. so
0: this belief that your sacrum is kind of moving almost independently from the rest of your pelvis is probably not true in most bodies it's very it is very small range of motion
1: yeah yeah i saw you made some notes on that and that's that's something we can i think go into so what does she say about so she says tuck the tailbone is bad because your pelvis will stay still and your tailbone will tuck and your so your um sacrum will uh counter nutate is that what she's saying let
0: me see i just might i just might read so the second article not the yoga international another one that's posted um let me just see if i can bad for your pelvic floor i'm just going to read this little part so keeping the tailbone under we decrease the space between the pubic bone and the tailbone so she's talking about like your pelvis and your p- tailbone right. moving d- differently independently continuously contracting the pelvic floor while keeping it short will put the will pull the sacrum into the bowl of the pelvis causing your pelvic floor to slack doing more strengthening work with your tail tucked under will make your pelvic floor even shorter and tighter, but not stronger. Um, huh. So yeah, that's, she's talking about really that sacrum moving with respect to a pelvic floor, pelvic floor, yeah. um, abdominal strength together. However, so I just wanted to mention that first because I, I then just like checked the interwebs for like, what is the range of motion? at your SI joints, what's the range of motion of your sacrum there moving within your pelvis at the SI joints. I found a little YouTube video we'll link to it's like three minutes, very clear imagery of the pelvis and the sacrum and it says, um, biomechanically the SI joints movement is induced by motion occurring at other locations in the body. So for the most part, it's like your pelvis is moving and then your sacrum itself is not Staying, your sacrum stays more stable, and the pelvis moves. moves, or like your spine kind of pulls on your sacrum as it moves. Yeah. And there's a little bit exactly. of motion there.
1: This, <clears throat> yeah. Mo- so, uh,
0: yeah. Oh, I was finished reading this. This movement is very small, with less than four degrees of rotation and less than one point six millimeters of translation. Yeah. So. And I get that that's not the case in all bodies. There's probably more, maybe someone's like up to 10, who knows, but that's still not a whole fricking lot.
1: No, I'm not, it's not <laughs> like a regular elbow joint.
0: Oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, there's still going to be something going on in the pelvic floor with even small amounts of movement for sure. But it's just interesting when you kind of look at some of the images, when you type in like uh sacrum range of motion google images and it shows the sacrum like getting really close to the pubic bone which is like the front of your pelvic structure and then like way away and it's like moving like 30 degrees which just (laughs) fuck it just doesn't happen in most people like people can draw a cartoon and say that this is happening most bodies it's not happening
1: yeah yeah because she see but she's saying about the pelvic floor and i'm not a pelvic floor specialist so i'm not too sure but from what I understand, like if those muscles are so small, they might be impacted because they're so small and their ability to contract is going to be very, it's going to, their range that they're contracting is going to be very tiny. It's just like a little twitch. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Um so yeah, maybe those three millimeters may have, or four, four to whatever millimeters may have an effect because the muscle is small. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you have a ten pound dog, three pounds overweight for a ten pound dog is like one third of their body yeah. weight. Obese. It's like a lot, right? Yeah, <laughs> hey, friggin' dog is like a sausage. But, <laughs> um, but so anyway, so so there might be that, like just that proportion might make it difference but i'm not sure i i don't i've never thought about it in that way so that's that's interesting um yeah i do from yeah i enjoy went, that
0: perspective but so i think yeah. what i'm getting to is for the most part when teachers say tuck your tailbone um that is an easy way to orient the pelvis in space because we know that there's you can't really independently move your tailbone it is quite attached quite stiff through the SI joints there's not supposed to be a lot Mm. of movement and generally you're Mm. moving your pelvis and you're also moving your whole spine in in a lot of postures so it is a way to kind of move the lower back end or pelvis
1: oh yeah definitely which is what I was saying about the whole cat cow like I'm not saying it to isolate it it's Mm -hmm. not an isolation cue it's a it's a cue to just like get you there Mm -hmm. um and yeah i think a lot of these articles were a response to people indiscriminately using this cue which is what we were talking about that no this is not something you can say in every single pose it just does not apply um yeah so definitely i think i think yeah this this idea of tailbone sacrum pelvis as one unit is really helpful it's really um it's a really healthy way to see it because the si joints at least if you're going to be working with SI joints, you got to be thinking about stability mo- most of the time. Maybe sometimes you think about adding flexibility, but that shouldn't be the general, um, that shouldn't be your general thing. It shouldn't be like, yeah, I want to stretch my SI joint. Yeah, I want to get some release. Like, no, 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 no. We want to hug in. We want to compress it and we want to stabilize it. Um, so, thinking about it as like fully attached to your pelvis, I think is not a bad thing. I think that that's, that's the way I'm leaning. Um, and I just wanted to quickly point to, so this, this brings up this whole idea of like, how much does it move within the pelvis? Um, and how much does it respond to the spinal movements, right? Because if you imagine that you're bending forward with your spine, your sacrum it's it's attached to your spine. So it's going to be weighed by the spine and it's going to go forward relative to the pelvis if your pelvis were locked in place. And then if your spine were moving backwards, like towards the posterior, then same thing would happen. If your pelvis were locked in place, then your there would be a force going backwards. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. there'd be a little bit of that forward and back movement, just depending on the positioning of your spine. And so um, Bernie Clark's book... Uh, your spine, your yoga. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, he actually has a chart and they, they actually looked into does the sacrum move with the spine? And the answer is yes, most of the time. However, there is a percentage of people for whom they'll, they will do a standing back bend and their sacrum does not push posterior. Their sacrum actually post, pushes anterior. And then there's some people who do a forward bend and their sacrum does the opposite of what you would expect the sacrum to do relative to the, the ilium. Mm, This makes sense. Yeah. 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 And he has all these percentages and all these different postures that they tested. And so like my conclusion is that you just, you just really don't know, like with your two eyes, you can't see through the skin. And even if we could see through to the bone, just the, the range of individual variants that's happening in the room, like you just actually don't know what's happening at the SI joints. So, number one yeah sort of don't try to know <laughs> mm-hmm. understand that like you can't know but then also like maybe what's healthier is just doing everything so if you find that you're favoring in your practice or in your teachings a lot of forward bends and you know that people's sacrums only respond to you know, a certain percentage of people only respond there. You have to counter it with a, a certain number of backbends and a certain number of twists and a certain number of side bends. You have to move in all the, the ranges in order to get the everyone's sacrum, knowing that everyone is going to have a different response to these poses, um, to move in certain ways and, and to offer all that variety within the 60 minutes, which is really what we talk about when we create like a really balanced class.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's so much that you can go into about the spine and how to movement and or move it rather in group classes, because I mean, even think about, um, you kind of have to think of the spine as a whole in a neutral position and then what things look like from there. So if you have someone with a really curved spine standing up straight for whatever reason, maybe um, they're more mature and they have some disc degeneration as occurs to everyone with age. Uh, maybe they've just place their body in a way over the years where they just have a more curvy spine and some people are just that's just the way they are like they have more load lumbar lordosis and then kyphosis like they just have a curvier spine you can really see it in their body in an upright position you take that person you bend them backwards they're not going to be able to go back very far because they already have like a good amount of curve in their back in neutral does that make sense So just like if you, yeah, yeah. straight up, like some poses are going to feel like garbage to people no matter what. Yeah. (laughs) And throwing out a cue for an entire population isn't going to help you. It's just seeing those bodies and also just being really okay with people not liking certain poses. Yeah. You don't have to make everyone love every pose.
1: No, but like, and still offering them in like a compassionate way, right? Just like last week we were talking about Parshva Kanasana and how I don't do it. I don't do it very often. Um, but yeah, to to learn to have all the benefits of all the poses, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, they're they're so individual. It's just I just wanted to um, I saw I found one uh, I was talking about the nutation, counter notation. So how the spine follows the sacrum follows the spine, um, and how we can't predict it so they found in this book um cobra Mm uh so your spine is arching upwards so you would expect to the sacrum to be tilted up to posteriorly um Mm -hmm. away from the pelvis so that's like called
0: nutation with the tailbone kind of lifts right and then counter nutation is the actual tuck like the forward and down i believe
1: no opposite
0: am i opposite
1: I think you're opposite. Yeah. So counter-nutation, you can think like if your spine is backbending, the top of the spine wants to push back and the tailbone, um, I think it just follows, but the force is like a posterior tipping force. Whereas oh, mutation yeah. is like forward bending, so when the spine's going forward, it's heavy, and so it's pulling the sacrum forward, and the tailbone will just follow depending on on the pelvis. Yeah, but no. we're, we're taking talk more about the SI joint.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I that's what I meant, but I was kind of the movement in my mind is ha- happening at like the tip, or like I was talking about with respect to the tip of the tailbone. So I think I was going same direction as you.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I yeah, yeah yeah yeah, but I yeah. think I think we in most of mostly they talk about it um, just in the SI joint. Cause that's mm-hmm. where most of the movement happens. That's like an actual joint, right? Exactly. That's what the, the cartilage, whereas the tailbone, I don't, I think it's just floating. Right. Just yeah, like, yeah. 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 But it, there.
0: <laughs> it will, the tip, but it does move. Yeah. yeah. So the tip of the tailbone will kind of either, if you're in neutral nutation, it's going to move back the tip of the tailbone, the top where it's at the SI joint almost, well, it doesn't really move there. That's what it's hard for me to think of in my brain
1: yeah but it, it, it just sort of
0: tips it tips pushes. forward tips forward
1: there's a force forward yeah 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 okay. we can call it that it's just like a pushing force it might not actually move right mm-hmm.
0: and yeah the counter nutation is opposite the tailbone actually the tip is actually moving like more towards the front of your pelvis and likely your entire yeah. pelvis is going to move also
1: yeah, yeah. But let's just say, so what they found in Cobra, um, counter notation is what you would expect, right? So you'd expect for the spine, because it's going backbending, you'd expect the, the top of the sacrum to go bend or push posteriorly, and maybe the tailbone is pushing anteriorly. Um, only 37% of people have sacrums that do that in Cobra. 31% have a neutral sacrum. 32% have actually a nutated sacrum. So, nutation in their sacrum when they are bending backwards. And that's like, that's crazy. That's 37, 31, 32%. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's not like, it's not what you think it is. You know, like you expect backbend to, to push the sacrum in a certain way, but you have to understand that not for everyone. <laughs> I wonder what the cues were there though, because what if, um, was the- so it was pure nutation,
0: counter nutation, like movement at the SI joint and not a lifting of the pelvis.
1: Yeah. So they, I think they measured it relative to the pelvis. So if we were to draw the pelvis as like a straight line and, um, uh, I think, uh, I'm not sure this comes from the book, so it's not for, I didn't read the study that he drew from, but if you were to like level everyone's pelvis and put it all in the same and take a picture of everyone's cobra and align their pelvises and then see where the sacrum is relative to the pelvis, that's the angle you're measuring. Does Mm -hmm. it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so this is, those are the numbers he found. And I mean, I think it's pretty shocking. It's like, yeah, you expect everyone's sacrum to be, be pushed in a certain way in backbends, but you have to understand that it's not. Um, So some people might be like, this sucks on my SI joints. Yeah. And some (laughs) people might be like, I don't feel anything. (laughs) Yeah. And some
0: people will enjoy like a tuck your tailbone type cue there and others don't need it whatsoever or won't enjoy it.
1: Yeah. And then I think that's the other thing. Like, um, can you actually nutate, counter-nutate, move the SI joints, move the tailbone? without moving your pelvis or your spine.
0: Well, that's what the woman in the second article is arguing is that yes, you can via the pelvic floor. So that's, that's pretty specific work. Like you got to be knowing that you're engaging Mm. your pelvic floor, or maybe that happens really automatically for you. Um, and it is going to be quite subtle, but for the most part, I think your sacrum moves when other things move, like AKA your spine, your entire spine is moving and that's what's moving it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, Mm -hmm. I don't, yeah, I don't think I don't buy it. I don't think that I don't think that that tiny little muscle of your pelvic floor can move your SI joint. I just don't buy it. Like you're yeah. she's talking about research
0: if she has any or if anyone has any. Yeah. Like someone who's a pelvic floor specialist. Love to see something. Yeah.
1: Exactly. If I held everything else still and I just use that little pelvic floor muscle, that tiny like one centimeter (laughs) dinky ass muscle. I know it's strong. It's strong for a dinky ass muscle, but could it actually nutate, counter nutate? all the way up so we're looking at tailbone those tiny little coccyx bones connected all the way up to this huge heavy sacral bone that's bound by ligaments bound by muscles like so securely attached to the pelvis can that tailbone move the pelvis if i or sorry can that tailbone move the sacrum i think i don't i don't think so i've never
0: i can't i think it it could probably you could measure like a transmittal of force or something, but I don't know if it would result in actual motion because yeah, those ligaments are intense. That little video that yeah. we're going to link to shows them. Um, they are extremely dense. And for a reason, like your, yeah, your spine is just by these two SI joints, just sitting in your pelvis there. And it's just wrapped up in ligaments.
1: Yeah. And it's heavy. It's like the spine mm-hmm. is so much heavier than the tailbone. Like I just don't buy it. I don't, I don't know. I just don't believe it. Show me some evidence that it does. And like, I will change my mind and maybe all of this will be (laughs) null point and we will have a different discussion. But yeah.
0: Yeah. So one, one thing actually that I've been doing recently in my own body where I am tucking my tailbone, um, when I was doing my renos, I got a little bit, sometimes I'd get a little bit of, um, just some inflammation up at the top of my tendon where my hamstring attaches to my sitting bone Mm -hmm. because I was just like bent halfway over and working on something like standing or painting or um that's a lot of leverage we talk about oh where did we what episode we talked about kind of the forces in your spine through standing forward folding sitting I remember Ooh. we did. Oh, we'll forget. link to that one. We'll figure it out and we'll link to that one. <laughs> um, but the same goes like if you're engaging your core, which I always make sure I'm doing when I'm bent over like that because that's where you're going to get the most or one of the one of the postures where you get a, a lot of like force through your spine, your lower spine. So I keep myself relatively strong there. But your hamstrings are still holding on like they're in a long position and your whole upper body weight is like halfway down towards the ground or leaning forward any amount that puts so much force like they Mm -hmm. are working hard so I'd get some irritation there in Mm -hmm. my yoga practice right now I'm actually on my like Ardha Uttanasana my halfway lift I am doing a little bit of a a tailbone tuck so I'm not trying to lift my sitting bones as high as I can to the ceiling I know in my body like that causes irritation and I know for a lot of teachers who demo and I've experienced this before like that is where if you're doing that little bit of the flow or whatever you're teaching, that's when you're gonna get irritation in your hamstrings. Mm, it's just constantly doing like uttanasana arda uttanasana.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a like even arda uttanasana is still bent forward. It's still a hip hinge. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, it's just a lot of hip hinge.
0: So coming up from like especially from uttanasana to arda, like your hamstrings are the longest they can be you're folding forward you're hanging in gravity and then you're asking them to pull you halfway up mm-hmm. so that is like your muscle at the longest that it can be and then pulling so you mm-hmm. continuously do that um, if you practice vinyasa regularly you, you're really susceptible to irritation I mean, you'd yeah. know it if you felt it just like gets sore there and then you bend yeah. over and it's kind of sore it's a pain in the ass literally like you don't want to you want to notice that before it gets weak and then something else happens i know you've got injury but yeah yeah, that's what i'm doing i'm like i don't care what my pelvis looks like in space i don't care if my low back's like a tiny little bit rounded i'm making sure i'm using my abdominal strength to maintain some stability there and i'm just pulling down just a tiny little bit like just to give myself i don't know using my glutes as well as my hamstrings i guess
1: yeah, I think that's like such a good point. It it comes to like the the whole idea that the body is only as resilient as like as a, we can feed it good prompts to be resilient. And if we just keep pushing and pushing, it's like running a marathon when you've never trained to run a marathon, you know, like something's going to give um and it's probably going to give uh when you haven't given yourself any breaks or any anything to um counter and and rest and heal it. So yeah, if you're if you are feeling that, I would definitely like try to sequence in a little bit more counterpose and make sure you're not doing too many of those in a row. Like in within that sixty minutes, try to like maybe skip some mm-hmm. if you can. If you can, it's hard in a guided class because they don't know. But yeah, or just <sighs> like
0: bend the knees more. Um, yeah, that's you could, but it's still a lot of hamstring
1: still a lot of force especially if you're doing it like you know eight ten to ten times yeah it's the straight-legged
0: ones that are definitely the worst as soon as you bend your knees you get your pelvis back behind your shins a little bit Mm. um then that force is like it's kind of like think of like um oh my god what's it called almost like a squat well like um i'm thinking of like on the playground is it like a seesaw or one person goes on one side and the other person goes on the other
1: oh okay and the knee is the middle of the yeah, saw. yeah
0: exactly but if you had yeah. like that piece of that <laughs> plank or whatever balance just on one end like how yeah. if you were to stand there and like hold it like how much force that would take for you to hold yeah. it up like right at the little balancing point and then as you move the board back and you get more even weight on either side the amount of torque or force kind of changes a lot as you even it out so the little knee oh, bend yeah. does a ton for that to get your hips back
1: yeah um, yeah, but I I would definitely like Nat at this point I would definitely try to avoid too many of those.
0: Oh yeah. I have no pain right now. I'm just like kind of okay. preventatively yeah. doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And like yeah, take take some breaks within the practice, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're back to it full time after not having it for four weeks, that's that's a big that's a big thing for your body to have to readjust to. I mean and it will come back. It's just yeah, slowly mm-hmm. ease your way in. Mhm
0: yeah um, yeah. so that's like I'm literally tucking my table tailbone, and you could say it in different ways, but there is like it's not a full, it's not a hundred percent like hollowing my belly back and rounding my entire lower back, but there that's that's kind of the action it moves my whole pelvis,
1: yeah, so yeah, I think you you talked a, a little bit about the core there, and let let's get into that, so how does the tailbone tuck relate to the ability to maintain that core activation um, in any pose, I think? And I think she, the the article that you just read from, she said a little bit about that, didn't she? Yeah. So as we kind of talked about when we're cueing tailbone,
0: we're actually, for the most part as teachers, cueing the orientation of your pelvis um, and your spine as well. It's just, it's just an easier way to kind of get your pelvis where it's going because it is big front, back, bottom, and top, and it's hard to get people to understand where it is in space and where to move it. So in general, like that tucking of the tailbone, which is generally like uh, taking the result of that will take lordosis out of your back, either excess, bringing it to neutral, or the natural space curve of your spine, bringing it a little bit more rounded, depending on what you're practicing. And then it's going to move your pubic bo- bone more forward and potentially upward. So you can think of like just that, if you're isolating it, your pubic bone kind of comes closer to your ribs a little bit. In general, it's it's contracting the lower part of your rectus abdominis, more specifically, um, especially if you really keep your ribs exactly where they are and you could probably best way to do that is to lie on your back line lie supine and then do like a tailbone tuck and you see your pelvis kind of lifts the back top of your pelvis will go more into the ground your lower back goes more into the ground and then it shortens kind of from your belly button down to your pubic bone yeah yeah I'm trying to think what yeah. else also from from my body and this will be interesting to talk about with your body as well because we're really different <laughs> i find we kind of talked about it a little bit last week when with me um when we dissected parts of a um moving my pelvis especially in a backbend because my body naturally um just did not develop core strength like <laughs> so I don't, for whatever reason like my stability is ter- was terrible and i've done so much work to gain that stability so my tva transversus abdominis It doesn't like to come on. Um, I can get my rectus abdominis going, but it, yeah, it's really a lot of work. So in a back bend, my back is super happy bending. I mean, it can do it, but then there's like some dull pain. I'm not sure if that's compression and I don't think that's really that great. So I really have to pay attention to what my pelvis is doing. So, I do do a little bit kind of like a tailbone tuck, and then you can you can call it different things as these couple of teachers have said, like lengthen your tailbone or talk about drawing your belly back um but it is doing the same thing, so you might use the tuck your tailbone cue just depending on how much you want that to happen
1: so. yeah, and i I think it's hard to this is one of those things where like you you have to like refine it as you look at your students in a class of 20 just because you don't know their history and you don't know if the back bend hurts um just to be really clear that you know like this this is not a cue to use in all back bends because it it depends it depends on the person
0: mm-hmm, um mm-hmm.
1: yeah and I, I think you could refine it to like bring your hands onto your hips you know like let's say you're in um, bridge, setting up for full wheel. Um, I think you could do like a little cat cow in your hips there and then look for neutral and then first lift up to bridge and, and, you know, just feel, can I maintain neutral? And then maintain neutral as you lift up into full wheel. Um, you know, cueing that there there should be some transversus abdominis um, maintenance. Uh, the The core shouldn't just fully let go and splay out Mm -hmm. um but it it should support the bend that's happening in your back not prevent it like you can overdo it um if you just say everyone tuck tuck to maximum now lift up you know if you simplified it to that tuck to maximum then lift up then some people won't get a benefit of the back bend right they'll be like fighting their own tension or fighting the the tension they put in their body for the back bend so i think it's it's more about um tuck so that you feel this or until you feel this then back off until you can still feel it your spine is in more more neutral maybe and then lift up and can you still maintain that um which i think is yeah it's more words but
0: (laughs) yeah but that's that's (sighs) like that's perfect because giving them just the cue and not knowing where they stop is where the tuck your tailbone goes bad so tuck your tailbone again, you can say it in other ways until you're able to, um, tone the lower part of your abdominals. So you're able to like, yeah, maintain that contraction from your belly button to your pubic bone. Keep that, draw your waistline in and then start to whatever, say you're in like camel going towards hands, towards your feet or something. And then lift up, maintain length through your spine maintain that tone in your lower belly and your waistline as you bring your hands back, maybe towards your feet.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you give them yeah. an end point and you give them, exactly. you educate them about why the tuck is there. Because for me, if I just without thinking bent back, my, I would anteriorly tilt my, the top of my front, top front of my pelvis goes forward and a little bit down. My sitting bones lift And then I can bend in my lower back. I can't get as far back whatsoever because that curve is there. Like my lumbar spine, it's maxed out, like just when I'm going back a little bit past neutral. So then I have to do the tuck or lengthen, whatever, reorient my pelvis, putting more stretch into my thighs, maybe my psoas, Mm -hmm. iliopsoas. And then it's just like you're evening things out through the whole body.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think camel's exactly like one where I would probably also say it quite a bit. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just one where I see it's so easy to arch back in camel, right? Because like gravity's on your side, you're just like laying into it. Um, so camel's definitely one where I would, I could definitely, definitely cue it more often than not.
0: And I think it's fine to cue in camel because some people cue glutes and you do want glutes working. But um depending on how you've taught it or kind of introduced that glute engagement earlier in the class, it can be way too much of the upper glutes and um, what's it called? Uh, compressing in and around your SI joints rather than more like your hamstrings and your glutes working together to pull your sitting bones down. Again, so I'm going to pull your tailbone down, tuck your tailbone a little bit. Those are two, you have to kind of Um, very intelligently cue the glutes in that pose so maybe a tailbone tuck is an easier more accessible thing for your students
1: yeah because the tailbone tuck will deactivate the upper glutes yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah exactly um so yeah 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 i wonder if we just started instead of like tuck your tailbone just started to say like posteriorly tip your pelvis (laughs) or is that too much It's
0: too much though (laughs) like even a yoga teacher Uh, Half half the yoga teachers coming out of 200 don't know what that means.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. It's just so much more anatomically correct, right?
0: Mm -hmm. But you can also teach people right away at the start of the class where their ASIS is. That's what I'll do commonly Um, in bridge or lying down, find those frontal hip bones. And then you're kind of referencing that as a movement plane, move those forward, move those back.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's does your the pelvis, same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It does the same thing. Yeah. That's true. And your tailbone is moving with your pelvis. So mm-hmm. unless you're doing like very specific, like postnatal, you know, mula Banda work or
1: something like pelvic yeah, floor I work. I don't even then, know. <laughs> yeah. That's like not my area whatsoever. Yeah. Um, oh, but I did listen to a podcast today about something about the, the pelvis and the SI when you are giving birth, um, something about, you can optimize, I don't remember which way it is, whether it's mutation or counter-nutation, but there's, there's a certain way that helps open up the pelvic bowl. Um, and if you put yourself in that position and then really contract transverse abdominis, you can like push that baby out. It's like during childbirth kind of positioning. Probably like nutation, Cause
0: you, nut- like, you want to get that, the tip of the tailbone away from the away. front of your
1: pubic bone. Yeah. I, I think that's counter nutation, but no, that's anyway. Mutation. We talked about is it this. shit? Now I'm getting confused. Yeah, it's nutation. Sorry, right. <laughs> <laughs> just checked my book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that might be it. And then, like, you, you but, squeeze the belly muscles during that, like, one, like the final contractions. And you're like, push that baby out. <laughs> so I'm just doing it right now. <laughs> Thinking about it. Does that make sense? <laughs>
0: Don't shit your pants.
1: <laughs> I know. Okay. I'll yeah, hold I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Just practice
0: when you're on the toilet or something. <laughs> hey, maybe that would help people. And I think like the posi- positioning of your sacrum does affect your regularity and like the way people's bowels move.
1: Oh, absolutely. Did I ever tell you about that guy that came to my class and oh, I meant to connect with him, um, but he is a GI doctor and he says uh, like 90% of the people with GI issues also have sacrums that are somewhat dysfunctional and hips that are somewhat dysfunctional, like anatomically out of alignment. Mm-hmm. I yeah. totally, I I believe that. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things where like form and function, right? Like your form.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh must impact the function inside
0: yeah and then you would probably talk to someone who's like um more well versed in the kind of chakra and energetic side of things and Mm. they would have some interesting information regarding like this the lack of maybe blood flow in those Uh, tissues and maybe just like some dormancy in general
1: yeah yeah yeah. like a stuckness Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes sense yeah yeah that's really cool there's all those like layers of uh different things that yoga looks at it's yoga's so cool, I know,
0: yeah, it's like we <laughs> we come at it anatomically most of the time, and then there are definitely some other amazing layers,
1: yeah, yeah, um, so the last thing I just wanted to point out was just the whole core stuff, so I know the yoga international um was it maybe it was the other one, but they're saying something about um. Tucking the tailbone will expose you to injury when you're doing core work because um, you're so uh, posteriorly tilt and your low back is so uh, flexed um, and out of neutral because neutral is natural lumbar curve um, that people end up with a lot of back pain after a core yoga class or like a core strengthening class. Mm -hmm. Do do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't. Which article was it? I don't know which one, but I remember the, I remember talking about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I think that that just comes with like really poorly sequencing of the class. Like, um, yes, maybe that, that does happen like a lot too much of that lumbar flexion. Um, for sure that that happens, but you can counter it. You know, you have this ability in the class to like offer another pose. Um, so just do that. (laughs) That's the thing. Is like it's a core class. You're
0: that's not a cue. Like that's a whole class that's taught improperly. If you're yeah, teaching yeah, a core that's class not sequenced. and yeah. you're only teaching like rectus abdominis and you're flattening people's mm. backs the entire time, then you're not you're not that great of a teacher. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ouch. but like you're, and it's probably not even yeah. a yoga class. That's a thing. That sounds more like a fitness class of some sort.
1: Yeah, yeah, cuz I yeah, I think most yoga teachers know about this like whole pose counter pose thing, right? Like we have to bring we want balance. Though we mm-hmm. want core strength. You can be strong in your core in a back bend. You can be strong in your core um when you're doing cobra, right? It's not it's exactly. Not so, yeah. You're needing like, to yeah.
0: like the that we talk about the transverse abdominis a lot in that it's ability to create stability around your spine, especially your lower back and your sacrum. Um but it does work with other muscles. It's not just firing alone. It doesn't mean you do your TVA and you don't do your rectus abdominis. They need to kind of create a friendship and work together. Mhm. And your obliques, yeah. everything in there. Yeah. So it's not a not doing, it's a it's a more integrative approach.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like for the core stuff that I love the most are really like integrative core stuff. Like the stuff Tiffany does with all like you go bird dog, you go um warrior three like Mm -hmm. cueing with the core and then you go into like a spinal twist or something Um, and then you do that again and again but you you have this awareness that okay my core is controlling the girdles of my body right that's that's one of its main purposes Um, and I I just love that kind of stuff because it just makes my back and my core and my hips and shoulders all feel like one cohesive whole which is the purpose of core Um, so yeah I think If your class is really focused on crunching the spine in that, that, that sort of range of motion, like that kind of motion, um, you just got to look for balance, look for doing all the other things with the spine and how can I cue or how can I help them feel the core even in that, right?
0: Yeah. And then noticing where you have trouble or weakness, like even just the simplicity, you talked about bird dogs. So on all fours, like opposite arm and leg are extended, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then so you, maybe you just do all fours, you extend the arm and leg, and then you kind of do that little crunch, bring your elbow to your knee. So from there, you're really getting everything. You're getting long spine, TVA engaged with long rectus abdominis, longer, and then you bring it in and you contract. And then you go back and you try and maintain the TVA TVA activation through all of that. Yeah.
1: While you lengthen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so it's very integrative and probably wouldn't cue like tucking your tailbone in that one because that's pretty no more (laughs) more focus on extension and whatnot you could you could like a little bit when you go to do knee to elbow depending on what you're seeing in people's bodies but it wouldn't probably be a general cue that I used
1: yeah yeah for sure
0: one other thing I wanted to say okay for going like the opposite direction like these really more advanced practices things that I currently don't do in my own body like say you're doing a drop back to wheel standing mm-hmm. drop yep. back you're gonna have to fucking tuck your tailbone
1: oh so much. <laughs> like there's it's so not much easy. tailbone tuck. if you
0: don't tuck your tailbone you're gonna break your fucking back
1: <laughs> I, <swear laughs> I think yeah i think it's um like just yeah you just you just have <laughs> You. Oh, oh. sorry sorry disgusting or like um the i don't know if you remember like standing i don't do this currently either oh my god i haven't done this in years but standing up from full wheel onto both feet mm-hmm. yeah that's like all all tuck crunch action because it's the
0: tuck and like in that position you're you are you are doing the You're doing the complete opposite of what people say. You're not, your lumbar spine is not flat whatsoever. You're maintaining strength and stability and trying to activate again your rectus abdominis to help stand your body up. Yeah. yeah. You can't do it otherwise. Otherwise it's going to be like all hip flexor. There's Um, a lot of that too. Yeah. But yeah. the, that it's like everything. Balance.
1: There's not a there's like not a single muscle that's not active. in that. Everything is yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So you can't just yeah. be like, oh, don't tuck your tail. Like, okay, well, I'm not getting up or I'm not getting down.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's like the action of it, whether or not it actually manifests is like because I I don't know. I've never seen myself drop back or stand up. So I wonder if it actually is tucked. But I know I'm I'm like thinking about it. well yeah, that's the
0: thing. <laughs> is like whether. People are talking about two different things, I think, here. It's like the cue versus the actual movement.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, in Tadasana, don't tuck your tailbone like crazy to flatten your lower back. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Unless you're working one-on-one with someone and they have like, a, they're having like a ton of tension in the front of their hips and you're just uh, neutralizing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's like yeah. in your back bend, you're not. You're just trying to use that cue or that idea to engage certain muscles.
1: Yeah, and I think I think it's it's a good beginner cue because it places the pelvis, it activates certain muscles in the core um, that maybe they've never felt before. But it's not a good advanced cue because by the time you're advanced and you have the body awareness and you you're able to contract muscles at will, you know, like uh, what's that guy? um flexing his pecs like one at a time to the beat of the music mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're we're able to do something like that right like i can i can contract my glutes at will like as a beginner you're not able to do that but like once you're able to this cue sort of you, you got to throw it out because we're past that like i can i can refine it so much more right mm-hmm. um and i think that's something to think about as well about like who you're talking to and, and what do they respond to and um you know, tuck the tailbone just no longer serves them. So let's let's throw it out for now. But as a beginner, I think it was was super helpful.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then also whether you use the cue as a standalone or whether you're using it with another one to find neutrality—that's a different story.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, don't just yeah.
0: tuck your tailbone. Period. Drop the mic, walk out the class. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's other things that are going to go after that, probably, which are going to help your students find neutrality, help them find that abdominal support in their back bends, help mm. them find more space in the front of their hips. It's used in conjunction with the rest of the story. It's just kind of a piece.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's totally right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, anything else you wanted to say about tucking that tailbone? Um.
0: I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I mm-hmm. guess just consider, especially in the back bends, like you're in my body. I think I said before, like I can't even, it's hard for me to even access abdominal support without bringing a little bit more length into my lower back with that. Um mm-hmm. It really is p- providing a ton of stability for me. Yeah. yeah. And again, like you don't have to say those words. You can use other cues, but that motion is exactly what's happening. <laughs>
1: Yeah. 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 And then I think the, the, just like a, a reminder of the whole tuck your tailbone until kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like cue until something. Otherwise for a person like me, I can like, I feel like my, I can bite it. <laughs> I can tuck so much. I can curl my body so much that it's like, there it is. Mm-hmm. And just like, you know, curl in. So yeah, until a certain point And then let's, let's move on and cue something else or cue where to go from there.
0: Mm-hmm. I could definitely see like that cue being thrown out for people who have had like herniated discs or bulging discs and that yeah. kind of stuff. Like that's where a lot of people um, will get the advice to do more core work. Yeah. And then they're improperly strengthening. If they're in the wrong yeah. class with the wrong teacher, they're doing too much rectus abdominis and then they are yeah.
1: um, yep.
0: reducing the lordosis in their lower yeah. back, which is not good for those that that specific problem so
1: yeah that's such a good point that like but it's so hard right it's such a hard thing to um communicate that we don't want your back to be flat we want this natural curve and like sometimes it it takes like a whole hour just to get that across just being like can you maintain a natural curve and your core in a plank it's super hard
0: Mm mm-hmm without yeah. just like pushing and lifting yeah yeah totally
1: yeah yeah and I, I think yeah I've I've been practicing plank with a lot more like natural curve and then tva and like don't flatten trying not to flatten the low back because for me that's like it's easier mm-hmm. just to rectus abdominis my way into it but yeah. oh
0: of course like because yeah. the more you let the natural curve in your back come in the longer your rectus abdominis is and holding yeah. tension in it at a longer position as we've been talking about it's harder yeah, yeah it's, it's like easier the... to be tight and short like it's easy to yeah hold the weight in your hand do a bicep curl and be at the top and just hold it there and then yeah. when you like lower yeah. it down at the very bottom exactly it super hard
1: yeah exactly that's exactly what's happening yeah yeah it's really interesting
0: cool It <laughs> was a good chat I enjoyed that
1: I know I think we've like killed this subject <laughs> <laughs> just needed to get that out of my system you know just like butchered it <laughs>
0: I hope everyone Um, got something from it. I hope we didn't confuse the shit out of you.
1: Oh, God. I know. We went pretty fast sometimes, too, with a lot of anatomy. anatomy. I'm I'm so sorry. But we can point people back to our um,
0: episode when we talked about the TVA and why it's so badass.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we could. Yep. 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 Yeah. That's awesome. Sweet. Well, I guess we'll sign off. (laughs) unless there's anything else we need to say oh we do need to say we have to say our things
0: oh yeah okay so wanderlust this is coming up soon in vancouver if you guys are um interested in any of the wanderlust festivals well the one that's closest to me is vancouver august 1 to 4th there's several of them throughout canada and the united states and i think in other countries as well so if you guys want 10 percent off of any of your wanderlust general admission tickets you can clink clink Click on it click on the link (laughs) click on the link in the show notes or go to our website natandsandyoga.com and it's right on the home page there
1: and then the other little thing that we have for you is rad rollers they're amazing um they are myofascial release tools that you can use on yourself or your clients if you do have any private clients totally recommended it. it just it's like a game changer for a lot of people with chronic pain or um, injuries uh so their um link up we'll, we'll have in the show notes um and yeah we love them we use them all the time i want to roll out my hams right now nice <laughs> do it roll some ham yeah roll some hams that's what i'm gonna do okay thanks for the chat
0: good luck with your little kind of oh, yeah, your your meeting
1: yeah, I totally forgot about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will put on my big boy pants. Yeah. And go to my meeting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, and then report back with all the monies that you got cuz you're a killer oh, yeah. teacher. <laughs> oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> you're so good for my ego.
0: Someone's got to do it.
1: <laughs> okay. All right, guys, we will talk to you next time. Bye.